Hello y'all and welcome back to another request episode of Playmaker's Corner. I am doing the Wednesday episode, which is per our schedule. Simon does the episodes on Mondays for request. And then we have our regularly scheduled full-length episodes on Friday. So you'll notice that this episode is probably a little bit shorter, but these are requests via our Instagram DMs or email or TikTok. And we're going to really try and get out about eight players a week before signing day, which is February 2nd for anyone who doesn't know. So if you have any more requests, make sure that you put the athlete's full name, the high school that they go to, and if possible, try and send us a link to their huddle. Um, it's becoming increasingly difficult to try and find film on just names where, you know, there's a bunch of people who probably have that name in the entire country. And I don't know if you want me to watch Georgia film unless you tell me what high school that they play at. And if that's the school that comes up, that's the film I'm going to watch and do a breakdown on. This set of requests is a little bit different, seeing as how it's most of these guys individually DM'd us themselves or, you know, um, we're mass requested. So, you know, we got four requests for you today, uh, primarily receivers on my end, which I love watching receiver film, seeing as how I played receiver. And we have one running back as well. Most of them, everybody is above 3A football, 3A and above. So coming up next, we're going to start with Carter Casson out of Evergreen High School. Welcome back, y'all, and it's Cody Stoffer here, and we got another request episode for our seniors. So we got a senior out of Evergreen High School, Carter Casson, six foot one, hundred ninety-five pound slot receiver slash defensive back, who played with a familiar name. You know, you may have heard Evergreen High School when we talked about Griffin Loritano out of Evergreen High School. So. Carter got to catch passes from Griffin, which isn't a bad gig, honestly, seeing as how Griffin was our number four quarterback ranked in the state of Colorado, class of 2021. If you have not listened to that episode, please do. And in a little bit off topic, but celebratory news, that episode just hit 100 listens. So thank you everyone who's been listening to that episode as well as our other ones. And we appreciate the support. And you know, this is only the beginning. But anyways, back to Carter Casson. So I'm going to start with, you know, some strengths of Carter, and uh, then we're going to talk about areas of improvement and then kind of an outlook slash recommendations for Carter. So Carter plays primarily, almost exclusively in the slot, and he, he runs a lot of slants. So obviously he's a really good slant runner. He has a very solid head fake on slants, especially when the defense is expecting it to come and he still is managed, manages to twist their hips and get them off balance for him to get a pretty easy score. He has a nose for the end zone. He has pretty sure hands and comes down with some good catches. He has a fairly decent catch radius, mainly because of his body adjustment and control. He also shows some elusivity whenever he has the ball in his hands, and you can see that in the fact that he's also a punt returner and a kick returner for Evergreen High School. His juke moves are pretty solid. He has a pretty decent cut as well. And, you know, is a threat to take it to the house on, on a handful of plays. I also want to say that he shows excellent field awareness with his routes when he is called upon to run 
go routes or corner routes. He knows how to keep his feet in balance. He had some impressive catches this year. One in particular that caught my eye was against Green Mountain High School, which he had a pretty solid game in. And if you have a chance, go ahead and watch that film where you know, he's running a deep corner route in the end zone and he drags his toes and keeps his feet bound. So excellent field awareness. If you watch his overall highlight tape, which has his most views on his huddle, you know, he displays some toe tapping grabs and an ability to not run himself out of bounds or out of plays whenever running those towards the sideline routes, which is, you know, a major problem that you can see, especially amongst younger wide receivers. So for him to be able to know where the boundaries are and stay within those is pretty impressive as a senior in high school. I also think that Carter has pretty solid acceleration and burst. So, you know, whenever he does get the ball, I wouldn't say his top end speed is the most dangerous. And I'll talk, I'll elaborate a little bit more on that here in a second. But when he does get the ball and does get a little bit of space, he's able to squeeze into those tight creases and show some burst, which is a concern that we have for a majority of high school players. So to see Carter capable of doing those quick bursts or that quick acceleration is definitely a good sign for me. Now, talking about areas of improvement for Carter, he does have some, and I'll talk about how that impacts his outlook. I'll say that Carter's biggest weakness is he has a very big false step upon almost any of his releases. So, you know, that slows down a whole play, that slows down a whole route, that gives the defense more time to react. And on the next level, you're not gonna be able to use your burst to overcompensate for the release that Carter has. You know, he is playing 3A football and he does play in the slot. So I will say that those are also, you know, I'd say red flags to me if I'm a scout where, you know, he's already playing in 3A. So it's it's a smaller conference, smaller uh, level of play. And then for him to be in the slot all the time, he's matched up either against, you know, cornerback fours at six foot one and 195 pounds. So that's obviously a mis uh, mismatch linebackers who are going to be slower than him or safeties that are like 10 to 12 yards off the ball which allows him to get those quick slant plays so obviously if, if i was facing off against evergreen i would key in and hope that i have a slot cornerback but there's just really not a lot in colorado because we don't see a lot of spread offenses in the state of colorado especially at the 3a level so you know there's just not really a defense dialed up to test carter and his skills to the full capabilities. And I think that he would be in for some rougher matchups on that next level, especially if somebody's a bump and run kind of cornerback. I just don't think that that guy exists on the 3A level. And if you listen to our top five cornerbacks list, there's very few guys that exist even at the 5A level who are good bump and run and good in press coverage guys. So that's going to, that would be kind of a wake up call for sure. I also think that Carter, whenever he goes to block, and this is an area of improvement that he can actually help. He can't help that, you know, the level of competition or the matchups that he gets, but he can work on leverage while doing blocking. He does stand pretty straight up and down. And, you know, I think that a lot of players think that they should put blindside blocks on their highlight reel. And they really shouldn't because to me as a coach, that doesn't show me any fundamental right doings. And I also want to point out that, you know, hitting a defenseless player is being called more and more often at the higher levels. 
So the game has changed, and I think that blindside blocks just aren't as appealing to, you know, scouts of any kind. And it doesn't show a level of skill, it shows that you had to jump on a guy. So that was Carter's best block, but when he does end up having to go one-on-one -on -one in blocking, he's super high up and his arms can get outside, so I can see him getting some flags at the next level. So Carter, if you're listening, I'd work on, you know, those those blocks from a much lower level, I want you to be kind of like chest over, or you know, like chest over knees, and then exploding into a guy and putting your hands right in the middle of their shoulder pads for, for some good burst and some solid blocking. And I also, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, I don't know about Carter's top end speed. I don't think he's particularly fast. I don't know if he's division one fast. So with that being said, with, you know, Carter, he has some pretty solid routes and, you know, pretty good hands, pretty elusive and awareness of the field. So those are some good things to have. But I would say that, you know, the matchups is probably the biggest issue from a scout perspective as to what he was facing and the level of competition, as well as, you know, the false step that can be coached up. And I'd recommend just looking up YouTube videos, honestly, or following glove work training on Instagram or Twitter and doing some work with them. Uh, Gabe Cardenas runs that and he's an excellent wide receivers coach and he helped me a lot when I was in high school and we were playing together. So definitely look into glove work training and some of the releases that they have and how to avoid doing false steps. And then I'd say for Carter, if you have a partial or even more scholarship to a division two college, I think that that is probably the most likely route. You can obviously do a preferred walk-on in some places, but I know that with eligibility and being extended at the NCAA level and the NAIA level, that that may be hard to come by as a preferred walk-on where you're competing against guys who have extended scholarships. So roster spots are hard to come by these days. If you have a partial to a division two, I think you would do pretty well at the division two level, especially with your skills as a returner. And you know, if you want to continue to play this game and give yourself a better chance, I'd say do two years at a junior college where you know, they have NFL level or college level coaching there and they can help you work on a release and get faster and prepare for more matchups. And I think that would be a pretty good test to see if you have what it takes to go to the division one level. But thank you so much, Carter, for sending in your film on Instagram and anybody else can do this. And I had a lot of fun watching it. You know, there are some great highlights in there. I think that if you're a division two school, this guy, Carter Casson is definitely worth a look. And you know, uh, worth a chance. So that's Carter Casson out of Evergreen High School. And coming up next, we have Jay Sean Leba out of Denver South. Welcome back to the next segment of Playmakers Corner Podcast. We got the request edition. I am your host, Cody Stoffer, doing this episode on Wednesdays. If you haven't listened to the other request episodes, you can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor, where you can find all of our podcast episodes. But we're trying to get through our class of 2021 seniors before signing day, which is February 2nd. And without further ado, I'd like to start talking about Jay Sean Leba, 5'8", 153-pound wide receiver out of Denver South High School. So, some things that Jay Sean does correctly 
is he uses his arms really well for routes and for ball control. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's able to use his arms to change direction swiftly and also sell fakes. And I think it's definitely an underutilized aspect of talking about a receiver's game is what they do with their arms. And I know you can't see me, but I'm doing the arm movement every time I say arms, you know, uh, as if I'm chopping. But Jayshon does a really good job of utilizing that to move the rest of his body and kind of use it as a momentum swing. And that creates, you know, more opportunities for better routes and even a bigger route tree. I also think that when Jayshon does get the ball, well, he also switches the ball really well depending on which direction he's going with his arms. And when he does get the ball and contact seems imminent, he has a really good spin move. You know, so that's a huge testament to Jayshon's footwork as far as like what he does with the ball. He also has pretty sound cuts and jukes, not afraid to snatch someone's ankles. And I think that his spin move is best on display when he's facing off against Ponderosa High School on a whip route, you know, which is from the outside nonetheless. On a short field, you know, he he's able to get that outside leverage and then he makes a spin move inside against two defenders and scores a touchdown. So that was really impressive and jumped off the film to me. I also think that, you know, he shows a lot of football IQ in spot routes, you know, where you're finding that weak point in the defense he's consistently able to find it he's not afraid to take a two yard catch and then turn it into six after the point and he's not afraid to go a bit more upfield and get an eight yard spot route on, on on the deeper end of of that route tree so you know that's that's a huge plus for me it shows that he does some work in the film room and he's willing to read the defense as it comes and sh show some good field awareness as well as just you know a, a solid football iq I think that he's really sound at creating time for fellow receivers at the point of attack during screenplays. You know, he's not going to blow anyone off of their feet, but he does a great job at using the leverage game to his advantage. You know, Jay Sean, he's a bit of a shorter receiver at five foot eight. So, you know, he's he's able to put his helmet right into someone's shoulder pads and, and drive them back because it's all about leverage when blocking. And he's able to keep his feet for the most part underneath him you know which is important for for driving those blocks and then something that i also liked about jay sean whether you're watching his film or if you follow him on instagram which you know feel free to follow carter on instagram as well or jay sean i'm not sure if kate or connor have uh, social medias but we'll find out when i post the episode but jay sean he has a variety of releases and you can watch a video on Instagram of him having multiple releases and different types of cuts for his routes. So I think he's a really refined route runner and he has a pretty solid release as far as having a variety of options to choose from depending on the coverage that he faces. But so that's that's the hugest plus for me, I'd say, is the variety of releases. And it grew on me the more that I watched uh, the Jay Sean film. Now, some areas of improvement for Jayshon. Once again, playing slot receiver in Colorado doesn't give you a whole lot of good looks because you're facing off against linebackers. You're facing off against deep safeties. You're facing off against weak cornerbacks. And that's just the honest truth. So that's why if you listen to our top wide receivers, episode 19, a lot of those guys line up on the outside. They line up on the inside and they get a variety of matchups against a variety of players. 
versus Jay Sean and Carter, who primarily face off against people who are just flat out not as good football players as they are. So you don't get to see, you know, true matchups that you will see at the next level where you're going to have, you know, the cornerback ones of or the cornerback twos of Colorado be facing off against you in the slot. So that's obviously kind of a red flag for me and a reason why these guys didn't make the top five list despite their talent and stats. I also will say that Jay Sean, with a lot of releases, he's able to get off the ball, but he doesn't create a whole bunch of separation at the point of his routes. A lot of his routes end up being contested, whether they're five yard outs or four yard ins, if, if it's in man coverage. And that's super concerning because, you know, these aren't even the most physical guys to be playing coverage against and to not be able to create that separation kind of is a red flag in the in the realm of speed for me and acceleration so i definitely think that jay sean you need to work on more acceleration drills and a bit more burst you know and not taking false steps in your routes because you know that level of separation isn't going to fly at the next level just being honest so i will also say that there's not a lot of route variety with jay sean and you know as a scout i want a guy who can do a bit more for me and when the majority of your routes are bubble routes, it doesn't show as much skill as you potentially have, Jay Sean. And the unfortunate part is that that's the majority of your film. And so I, I don't know what to tell you. That's not really something that Jay Sean can help, obviously, because it's like if he's good at bubble routes and Denver South wants to call them so that they get yards, which he does, then, then that's just how it's going to be, especially in Colorado. And yeah, I'd say that between not a variety of routes and not a lot of acceleration or burst and the ability for man coverage to stay so close to Jay Sean. I think that, you know, this spells kind of a Juco level route for Jay Sean if he wants to continue to that next level. And Jay Sean, if you need any advice on Juco, you can listen to our episode 10 featuring Sam Flowers, where it's a film breakdown and then an interview of Sam where he has a lot of sound advice, or Martin Ibarra, who, while Sam played wide receiver at the Juco level, Martin Ibarra has a really in-depth interview on the life of Juco and all the factors that went into the decision of playing Juco. There's some decent Juco's in neighboring states, such as Arizona and Kansas. I had this talk with Josh Rulin's mom a little bit earlier. Shout out to her for reaching out to us and asking some questions about junior college football. But yeah, Jay Sean, I think that if you want to continue to play to that next level, you have to do that. And I think that you have to increase your burst while also increasing your weight. 150 pounds is pretty light for a college football player. Just being completely honest. If that's outdated, just let us know. But we wish you nothing but the absolute best and think that, you know, your field IQ and your releases can take you somewhere and you do have skill in the realm of football. But that does it all for Jay Sean Leba out of Denver South. Coming up next, we have Cade Unberhagen out of Doherty High School in Southern Colorado. Back here on Playmakers Corner Podcast, I am your host, Cody Stoffer, recording another request episode. If you didn't catch Simon's episode from Monday, please give that a listen. We'll be releasing an episode on Monday and Wednesday. 
end on Friday, which is our full-length episode with Simon and myself. So keep your ears open on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor, anywhere else you can find podcasts. You can find our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and send us in your requests there. Make sure that if you are asking for a request of an athlete or for yourself, that you send in your full name, your high school, and your high school film. Without further ado, we're going to talk about Cade Unberhagen, the wide receiver slash punter out of Doherty High School. So I'm going to talk about his strengths and weaknesses or areas of improvement as a wideout. And then I'm going to talk about his punting skill and where that leads to his outlook as a collegiate football player. Now, Cade Unberhagen, we're going to start with the areas of improvement. So Cade has a very unbalanced stance. And that leads to very slow get-offs. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, that may work for the level of competition that Doherty is facing, but it's not going to work on the Division One, probably not even the Division Two or NAIA level with that stance. And I think that that's something that needs to be improved if Cade wants a chance at the next level. So Cade, I definitely think that you need to work on a stance that It remains comfortable for you, but is a bit more active as far as not having a false step and being able to push off of your front foot is super important. So you want to learn a bit more about balance and bouncing on specifically the ball of your lead foot. So if you're on the right side, you want the ball of your left foot and you worked on the left side a lot. So I guess the ball of your right foot needs to be quicker to engage and push off and you should always push off with your leading foot. As your first step if you rock backwards and have to push off of your back foot that's what i'm talking about with the false step and if you need some advice or help on that once again as i talked about in the jay sean segment and in the carter segment look up glove work training on instagram twitter and facebook run by gabe cardenas he's local here in colorado out of centennial and is a good guy and helped me improve as a wide receiver and he has collegiate and nfl level drills to help with releases and whatever else I talk about. But anyways, with that being said about Cade, I also think that, you know, he only exclusively runs screen routes. So route running in general is a huge question mark for me and definitely not a good look for for a collegiate uh, scout. I also think that Cade's speed is pretty underwhelming for the receiver position, if I'm just being completely honest. And that's not necessarily something that he can help if I'm going to be super honest. So it's kind of a bummer that that top end speed just kind of isn't there. And it doesn't help also that Kate is only 150 pounds at five foot 10. So he's a bit on the lighter side and he's not as fast, which is not a great combination or look if I'm a collegiate scout. I also think that um, the fastest that Cade looked was when he was chasing down an interception rather than any time he had the ball. So it almost makes me think that Cade might be a bit of a better fit on defense where, you know, he doesn't have to run as fast with a ball in hand if that's the difference that it makes for Cade. And I think that on top of not being particularly fast on the top end speed level, he doesn't display a lot of burst out of, in or out of his runs. And I think that once again, look into glove work training, they can help you out with that if you are serious about going to the next level. Now, for strengths of Cade Unberhagen, I think that he has super strong tricep muscles and you can see it in his really strong blocks where you know he's able to get his arms locked and he can drive guys basically just with his arms and throw them wherever he wants to go. 
So that makes him an intriguing prospect as far as being a special teams guy on kick return, you know, with, with the combination of, of his, you know, at least minor speed on as a kickoff blocker. And I think that with that being said on his triceps being super strong, I think he's underutilizing a stiff arm, especially when you look at his run, something that's really interesting to see is the defense has a hard time bringing him down with just one guy. He's super strong and tough as far as like a whole body goes. And I bet you this guy is in the weight room all the time getting better. And that's what makes him, that's easily his biggest strength is his raw physical power. And for him to be that strong at 150 pounds, I can only imagine how much stronger and more powerful he could be at 180 pounds, which is a pretty tall order. But even at 170, 175 pounds, I think you can make it work for Cade as a special teams return guy uh, who blocks. So I also think that, you know, he has pretty solid vision and you can see that by the amount of screens that they throw to him and by having him as their kick returner where he can find the hole. He's not afraid to go up the middle of the field and he knows when to take what the defense gives you. So also pretty solid IQ there. And he has pretty all right hands. I wouldn't say the best hands or even great hands, but you know, he, he makes some low catches sometimes and nothing that wowed me, but definitely, you know, worth looking at. Now, talking about Cade Unberheg and the punter, I think that Cade takes kind of a long time to punt the ball, which is obviously a red flag. At, at the college level, you're going to have some better long snappers, I believe. So you'll be able to snap it a bit further, and maybe that will help with the process of Cade taking so long to punt the ball. But his footwork does look pretty all over the place when punting. I also want to say that he doesn't have the strongest punting leg I've seen. It's basically 40 yards every single time he punts, which... You know, it's not division one as far as a punter goes, and they might just pull somebody from another sport in that case. Lastly, I think that the positive for Cade as a punter is he does create really solid hang time for his team to get down there, which is a strength because Doherty doesn't have the fastest players in the state of Colorado. So as a college coach, that is super encouraging. And if I'm in charge of an offense that usually gets me to the 40 or the 50 yard line, Kate's not a bad guy to have because he's gonna put the ball super high in the air, he's gonna let your special teams get down the field, and it's gonna be within the 20 to the 10 yard line. Granted, those are really specific requirements for Kate to succeed as a punter in college, but they're just the facts. So Cade, I'd say that he's definitely more of a JUCO or Division Three guy, maybe if he has any looks at the NAIA level to take up on that but he definitely needs more film and he has a lot of areas of improvement if I'm just being completely honest and real with him. So, and and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that or needing that improvement. So, and, and if you want to go to the next level punting, then definitely get some D3 collegiate punting coaches or work on your technique and your strength in your legs more, more than you already do because I can tell that you're in the weight room a lot and see if you can make it as a punter would probably be your best route as a division two high-end and the spectrum football player for you at this moment in time but Cade we obviously wish you the best of luck moving to that next level or that next part of your life and we appreciate the request sent in for Cade Umerhagen and uh you know give uh, Doherty High School uh a little bit of a look you know, we haven't had too much time to talk about them with our top five list, but we're glad to finally have someone there. And with that being said, we are going to wrap this up with one more request. Talking about Connor East, or Connor Ice, 
I'm going to say Connor Ice, out of Legend High School, coming up next. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, with the last request of this episode, which is Connor Ice out of Legend High School, 5'11", 188-pound running back. So we're going to talk about strengths of Connor Ice first. Connor Ice is a very strong one-cut type of running back who I had a lot of time watching film on because he's super hard to bring down. He's pretty strong. It usually takes like three guys to bring him down. He runs through arm tackles really well. I think he has pretty solid vision and has a good eye for the middle of the field where a lot of his runs were. And he's not afraid to cut inside and take it straight up the gut for for a long touchdown. You know, Connor Ice is a guy who really can score on any given play. And he's almost automatic, you know, direct deposit from the 10-yard line in where, you know, he's going to get a handoff and he's going to find a way to get in the end zone. So he has a very strong nose for the end zone. Super impressive, you know, within 10 yards, but also quick enough to take, you know, a 90-yard run to the house. It was his opening highlight of his junior year. So, and I think uh, from, I think his his strongest aspect as, as far as like, quote, quickness goes, is his straight line speed is pretty dang fast. I don't know if it's the 4.5 I think he has on his huddle. But, you know, he's definitely fast on a straight line. That's why those up-the-run middles are so good for him. And that's why Legend High School continues to call them for him. And um, I think that as far as being being an all-around kind of guy, he shows pretty good consistency as far as catching swing routes or out routes. He's definitely more of a check-down guy. I wouldn't put him out in the slot necessarily. He does run some bubble routes, but that's not it's not the versatility you're looking for in a running back to wide receiver kind of guy. But Connor Ice, he's super strong, and he has good vision, and I'd say solid enough for D1, maybe FCS level, straight line speed. Now, things that Connor Ice that could improve on to make him arguably a, a definitive FCS or FBS kind of guy is he runs really tall. So it's like, how much stronger do you think Connor Ice would be if he ran lower and could run through even more tackles because you know he's already hard enough to bring down as it is but if he wasn't running straight up and down and you know he didn't have to work so hard to lower his shoulder because he doesn't do it enough I don't think with the power that he has I think he'd be a much better running back so I'd say working in the shoots is obviously a good work for that and uh, you know uh, do some work with some broomsticks and some friends as far as you know getting underneath those things and finishing your runs. I also think that as a pass blocker, Connor Ice needs to do a little bit more work in the film room as far as studying, you know, different blitzes and different packages to pick up the right guy or the most important guy in the pass game. But I will say that he is a really sound blocker. I left that off of his strengths. He's a really sound blocker in the run game and not a bad lead blocker as far as whenever he's called upon to play fullback or the equivalent too. I also think that he underutilizes the sideline aspect of the game of football. So he stays away from the sideline. And I think that that comes from, yes, yeah, straight line speed, 
but if you get him moving in other directions and you ask quick burst or acceleration of him, he's not as capable of that. So I'd be pretty concerned about that and would ask that Connor works on his burst and his ability to turn the corner and then make it after he turns the corner, which obviously, you know, it, it's hard to beat, you know, real game time execution and practice for that. But that's just the point where we are in the season. I also think that he, what one area of concern is he runs primarily out of shotgun. So he has more time to read where the holes are and more time to get to his blocks as a fullback, you know, or a lead blocker or even a pass blocker out of shotgun where his running, his quarterback is right next to him. So I think that it, it's not really a huge weakness, but not running a variety of routes makes it makes me think that, you know, I'm not willing to roll this guy out of the backfield into a wide receiver look, which does limit your offense and limits Connor's playing time. I think that his stiff arm is also underutilized, kind of like Cade's, where he has a super, he's super strong. So why doesn't he use his stiff arm more or why isn't it more effective? I think that that could be a really good move in his kit, seeing as how he doesn't have too many other than, you know, quick cuts. But with all that being said about Connor Ice on his areas of improvement and his strengths. I think that Connor Ice is an FCS football player. Really, I do. I think that, you know, if he has a chance or partial scholarships to any of those opportunities that he should take up on it, I definitely think he'd excel on the Division II level because I would be willing to play him on special teams with his straight line speed and a little bit with his physicality. I think that he could return some footballs for you. I think that you could send him as a gunner, you know, on punt or on kickoff. And I think that, you know, eventually he could be a starter on the division two level at the running back position, just with his prototypical size, five foot 11, 188 pounds. I think that if he's able to retain his speed at 200, he's a definite college guy. And that's what I think of Connor Ice out of legend high school. I know that this was a pretty short one, but you know, there's just not as much to look at as far as running back film goes. But I am impressed by Connor Ice. I think he's a really straightforward prospect. And I think that he's a prospect that if you're division two, you would absolutely get a steal. And if you're FCS, I think that he's willing, he's a guy who I'd be willing to potentially take a chance on. And Connor, I think that if I was you in this time and day, you know, I would prefer scholarships at D2 over preferred walk-on at division one because the rosters are overflowing a little bit we have a lot of guys coming in eligibility is extended so if you have scholarships to those division two division two looks take up on them i need to check up on the recruiting status of any of these guys anyway but that's just my opinion and i've had a lot of fun recording this episode thank you all so much for sending in your film or reaching out to us that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to promote you guys and just let us know if there's anything else that you need help with or any other questions, reach out to us. We're here for you and we're a resource for high school athletes. And as a resource to high school athletes, I will recommend to wide receivers and defensive backs alike Glovework Training on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. It is ran by Gabe Cardenas, who used to be a guy that I played with who went on to do some walk-on college ball at CSU and also now runs his own camp, Glovework Training. 
uh, please find them. I'm going to tag them in this post and they help with releases, dropbacks, get offs, all kinds of things, whatever you can think of. He knows how to do it. He has NFL and college drills to help out anyone and is focused on things that will translate directly to your game. So find Glovework Training and Gabe Cardenas on any social media. With all these film breakdowns done, that does it for this request episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and please make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or email us if you have our film. Once again, if you are sending in requests, I need you to put the name of the athlete, the high school that they go to, and if possible, send us their huddle or their film where we can watch them. Because there's just some guys who we cannot find or we get confused, and I don't really want to do a guy who may not have requested us for a film breakdown. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, we had our first 100 listen episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. So thank you all so much for the support. We really, from the bottom of our hearts, are grateful for all you listeners and for all you athletes and wish you all nothing but the best of luck. I'm Cody Stoffer. Peace.